Bobcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Rest in peace to the great one, Jeff Beck, one of the most influential guitar players of all time, a guy whose career spanned so vastly with all of his contributions to various bands and in the music world in general. Passed away yesterday at the age of 78. And uh, I, I must admit, I was not that familiar with Jeff Beck, but I read his entire obituary in the New York Times today and uh, found myself captivated. He's been all over the place. He's one of those guys that's just everywhere. He's been in bands with Eric Clapton, like right there with the Yardbirds, Jimmy Page, Rod Stewart, Ron Wood, all sorts of uh, great Brits, and uh, certainly a, a melancholy uh, day to hear of Jeff Beck's passing yesterday. Stwaz now, ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. First hour around the Big Sky Women's Hoops across the Redpath. You can find it on the Nuanas Now podcast. Probably presented by the M Store and the MSU Bookstore. Epic Monday is happening at Lost Trail every Monday now through January 27th. Ski a full day at half price every Monday. You also get a dollar off draft beers and a dollar off kombuchas. It's happening now through February 27th. Details available at LostTrail.com. Lost Trail is open Thursday through Monday, 9 a.m. to 4.30. Lost Trail. Go for the snow. Well, now we're to the fun part. The NFL playoffs, and it's going to be a crazy wild card weekend. I don't know what I think of the format from a competitive standpoint, just in terms of seven teams in the AFC, seven teams in the NFC getting in, and only one team getting a bye these days. But... It's going to make for a hell of a weekend of watching football. We got two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and then a Monday night game to boot. Uh, so it should be pretty fun. Brooks Nuana is joining us like he has all year long. It's all football all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. And I think that it actually gets a little bit less challenging to decipher the numbers once you get into postseason play. Uh, Brooks, first of all, what do you think of the new playoff format? Uh, I know it's been a couple of years, but what do, we, what do we think of just one team getting buys? I think it makes it more interesting I, I i like it i prefer it i think it makes that one seed really a true prize rather than just the conference championship home field um, this year obviously there's some variation with the bills and Bengals game being canceled two weeks ago so we'll see how the seeding plays out as we continue through the playoffs but overall i do think that you know the two sheet seed playing on in the wild card round is just fine. They're getting a home game against a seven seed who they likely should handle. We're seeing that reflected in lines in the AFC, not as much in the NFC, uh, but overall, I think it's probably positive for the one seed. So here's how your seeds look in the uh, wild card weekend of the NFL playoffs: Kansas City, the number one seed in the AFC, they get a bye. Philadelphia, the number one seed in the NFC, they receive a bye. The two-seed in the AFC is Buffalo. The three-seed is Cincinnati. The four-seed is Jacksonville via their AFC South Championship. Los Angeles Chargers are the five-seed. 
Baltimore is the sixth seed. Miami is the seventh seed. NFC, the 49ers are the two seed. The Vikings are the three seed. Tampa Bay is the four. Dallas is the five. The uh, New York football giants are the sixth seed. And uh, the Seattle Seahawks are the seventh seed. I'm not really even sure where to start in this, Brooks. I mean, I guess, first of all, let's start with the fact that division championships get you home games. And uh, that's a good thing. Or sometimes if you're a team that had an up and down regular season, maybe uh, a gift. And Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, the two teams from the south are the two teams with the, the worst record among the teams that are playing at home this weekend, but also two teams that are on different trajectories. Jacksonville is one of the hottest teams in the league. Tampa Bay has been up and down all year, but they were able to sneak in because the uh, NFC South was just so poor. Uh, so what do you think of those two teams as host teams? I mean, do you look into the fact that they did have an overall uh, mediocre records, around 500 records this regular season? In so many elements of sports, not only the NFL teams or rather leagues try to create solid, sustained rivalries. So the division winners getting home playoff games, incentivizing the teams that you play twice a year, six of your 17 games are against your division opponents. Um, I understand how that is. I think it's dumb. I would not do it that way if I had my say. I do not think that Tampa Bay should be playing at home. I think the Dallas Cowboys should be hosting. You could even call it the, the Cowboys being the five and the Bucks being the four. I don't really care what seeds you give them. Um, Tampa Bay should not host. They had a terrible season. They deserve nothing about that to host a game, let alone make the playoffs. Sure, all good and well. Um, so that's just my two cents. I think the Chargers should host the Jags as well in that scenario. But I'm fine with it either way because guess what, Colt? If you want to win a Super Bowl, you have to win four straight games. Every single one of these teams, except the teams that, that more or less kind of tanked the last game, which was the Giants and the, you could kind of say the Ravens, um, who started, you know, Anthony Brown, I believe, um, you know, weren't trying to fully win that game. Everyone else tried to win that game and most did. So that means that if you want to win a Super Bowl, you're going to have to win five, six games in a row. I think the Niners have won eight games in a row. So now you got to go to the playoffs and win four more games. That's 12 straight wins. You're going to have to do it on the road at some point. All football all the time presented by Sports Bet Montana, where we analyze the NFL and also give you some betting tips and uh, analyze the totals and the numbers and the spreads and all that sort of stuff. First weekend of the NFL playoffs coming up. Go get your bets in. Go get your uh, lines all straightened out. Sports Bet Montana has kiosks around the great state of Montana. Just go to Sports Bet Montana's website and uh, click on locations, and you will find the closest betting kiosk near you. I want to start with. The teams who I think uh, have no shot uh, in this opening weekend. And I think that those two teams are the two bottom-seeded teams in the AFC. Baltimore, Lamar Jackson's been MIA. Nobody really knows what the situation is. I think that the uh, the fact they didn't give him a long-term contract in the offseason is going to come back to bite him because he has been hurt. But I really don't know uh, if he has any intention on risking his future without a future uh, secured. And uh, so I just don't really know how... I mean, Baltimore's been on a poor trajectory the second half of the season anyways, and I really don't know how much you can put into the Ravens having any success without Lamar Jackson. And it's a similar situation in Miami. I think that just just from a pure PR standpoint, I don't know if you can... uh, 
afford to play Tua Tagovailoa given what he's gone through this year. Maybe they roll the dice and do it. They don't care about the optics. But without Tua, I don't really know how you get very far as the Dolphins either. So I'm saying I'm, I'm staying away from anything that involves the Ravens or the uh, Miami Dolphins. Yeah, 100%, man. I mean, the Ravens are sunk. Lamar Jackson's not going to play for them again. They've been terrible the last six weeks. I mean, I think the Ravens are not a good team. They're, they're playing okay on defense. They can't run the ball that effectively. They don't have a starting quarterback. They have absolutely no receivers. I think the Ravens have completely fallen off. Um, you know, They came out of the gates. I think they were 8-3 and three at one point, um, which gave them a chance to make the playoffs. And now they're you know waning and struggling a little bit. Um, again, the Dolphins as well. Colter, I heard something interesting. The NFL... I think he's the NFL Network. Maybe he's ESPN. Jeff Darlington was reporting that there's rumors the Dolphins are exploring releasing Tua to try to get away from the concussion issue, to try to get away from having responsibility with it. What are they going to do moving forward that allows them to play Tua and have their hands stay clean, right? At any point, if their doctors clear Tua and another concussion happens, the way that we've seen them three in one season with very visceral reactions in the media, among the fans, just the visual of watching Tua um, on the field really struggling with his with his you know brain health. It's a huge thing. Of course, that was a rumor, but he said that on live ESPN radio today. I thought that was very interesting. So Dolphins, I'm staying away from as well, Coulter. I also think that the Seattle Seahawks have an uphill battle facing their division rival, uh, the uh, San Francisco 49ers, who, again, are as hot as anyone. Sure, rookie quarterback who's won four straight games. No one's really done that um, in their career in Brock Purdy, but I still think the Seahawks have an uphill battle. So, yes, Ravens, Dolphins, Seahawks, all are going to struggle this week to, to find a way to win. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Brooks Nuanas joining us here uh, on your radio dial, on your SWX Montana television, and uh, on the ESPN MT app. The Seahawks and the 49ers play on Saturday afternoon. The uh, Chargers and Jaguars play on Saturday evening. The Dolphins and the Bills play a the morning game on Sunday. The afternoon game is Giants and Vikings. The night game, AFC North battle between Baltimore and Cincinnati for the second week in a row, and then Monday Night Football, Dallas at Tampa Bay. So those are your uh, time slots for this wild card weekend. I, I, I agree with you. I think that the 49ers and the Bills w- were, at times, the best teams in the league, and they're certainly bona fide conference and Super Bowl contenders, I would say. And so I think both those teams have pretty favorable matchups here in the wild card weekend. What do we think of the rest of these matchups? So let's just go down the line. I mean, the Chargers play at the Jags. The Jags are really hot, and Trevor Lawrence is playing really well. The Chargers were sort of up and down, and then they kind of caught it late, but then they had a a bad loss at the end of the year to the Broncos. Uh, As Coach Marty was saying, though, a lot of times when you have a team like the Broncos who had high expectations and then they have a terrible year, that's a really hard team to play in your finale because that team's going to just let it all out, hang out to dry. Similar to, like, the Lions. They... Had a, a great second half of the year, and they had nothing to lose. I mean, Dan Campbell's running double pitch, reverse options, whatever, because they're just letting it all hang out. They're, they're going home anyway, so sometimes those are tough matchups. But we both like Justin Herbert. We both like the upside of the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road going to Jacksonville. The total is 47-and-a-half. What do we think of these numbers? I love the Chargers. I think the Chargers have a chance to make it to the AFC Championship. I think the Chargers have a chance to make it to the Super Bowl, to be completely honest. 
I don't think everything hinges on the health of wide receiver Mike Williams, but he did get hurt in that Broncos game, and he is an integral member of that offense. I mean, he if you've never seen Mike Williams play day in, day out, I mean, goodness gracious, one of the more talented receivers in the league. Um, so if Mike Williams' health can kind of you know come back, have a little resurgence, and he can stay healthy in the playoffs. I love what they're doing on offense. Austin Eckler, you know, one of the the, the best pass catching running backs in the league, as well as an every down guy that's going to score a lot of touchdowns. Um, and I can see that in the playoffs as well. That line Coulter at two and a half has moved down to one and a half, and then today it's down to a pick 'em, um, and then it's back up to one and a half. So that line is going to fluctuate. I think if you like it, I think you grab it now, especially if you're on the Chargers, because I could see that line finishing at about two and a half, uh, maybe even three and a half, depending on where the money lies. We mentioned Seattle, San Francisco, uphill battle. Miami at Buffalo, uphill battle. I think it's bad draws for those two teams, not only getting the two seeds and uh, as the sevens having to play on the road, but they're all and having to play two of the best teams in the league. But like you mentioned, those are division rivals as well. So that's a, a really tough matchup. What do we think of the Giants at the Vikings? Because, you know, I, it's funny. Anybody that knows and listens to this show, you know, my last little piece of fandom I got left is for the Minnesota Vikings. Yet from an objective analysis standpoint, I have been saying that the Vikings are an above average team, certainly, uh, but not a, an elite team. I, I, I never for a minute thought that the Vikings were one of the top five teams in the NFL during this season. I, th- I thought they were somewhere in the top 10, but I don't really know what, where that gets you. But 13-4 and four is a pretty darn good finish. The Giants were one of the stories of the year, uh, having a breakout year in first-year head coach Brian Dable's um, debut season. The Giants sat everybody last week, whereas the Vikings uh, went out and, and pounded in their last game to, to get to that 13-win mark. Uh, so maybe some rust for the Giants? I'm not sure. What do we think of this matchup in Minnesota? I think it's the obvious matchup where you take the underdog. Um, every other matchup, it seems that there's, you know, a pretty healthy favorite or a team that is, you know, probably more talented. Um, in this matchup, I think it'll be the most widely bet underdog bet of the week, which is not surprising because the Vikings are very easy to bet against. Um, they are 11 and 0 in one score games this year, which I don't think a team has ever won more than five in a season in the last decade or something like that. It's, it's, it, the stat is outrageous. It's twice as many wins as the best that have ever done it um, in one-score victories because it doesn't always happen that often. Um, you have some one-score losses. Um, usually, you know, one of those games doesn't go your way and you miss a field goal, make a field goal, however that plays out. I think the Giants... Um, with the hook there, three and a half at home for the Vikings, the hook is interesting. Um, can the Giants cover a field goal? I certainly believe so. Uh, the interesting line of, in, of this one, Coulter, is the, is the Vikings, it's not on offense. It's not Justin Jefferson. It's not Dalvin Cook. It's that they have headliner premier names on defense, and they can't get a stop. You know, they got uh, they got Harrison Smith, and they got Eric Kendricks, and they got Patrick Peterson. And guess what? They can't stop anybody. They're giving up points. Um, you know, maybe they stopped the, the the Bears last week to hold them to thirteen points, but overall, the Vikings defensively have struggled, and the Giants with a ragtag wide receiver core, Saquon Barkley playing well, Danny Dimes, man, Daniel Jones has played really well. So the Giants can actually produce some points. This game has the highest over-under of the week at 49.5. I like to see uh, kind of a – there's some combo bets out there. Sportsbet Montana does not allow a ton of same-game parlays, but they will allow – if you scroll way down on the machine or on your phone, there is a bet that says money line winner plus the under or over or points plus the under and over. And I really like that in this week. I like – you know, if the Vikings, if you can get that line down to two and a half, get rid of that field goal hook, uh, Vikings and under 49, that's kind of a fun little parlay that'll probably put you uh, right about plus 180, maybe plus 200. 
New Orleans Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It's all football all the time. Presented by Sportsbet Montana. Visit Sportsbet Montana's website, click on locations, and uh, you will find uh, a place to place your bets. The uh, night game, we mentioned the Ravens' tough uphill battle against uh, the Bengals. And then the Dallas Cowboys on the road at Tampa Bay is also an interesting one because the Cowboys were a lot better than the Bucks were this year. But they're coming off of a stinker against Washington in their uh, season finale of the regular season. And you got the GOAT at home. Does Tom Brady have another run in him? Uh, that's one you and I were talking about off mic that uh, maybe we stay away from. I think that uh, I probably will pass on that one just because the Cowboys, two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road, Monday Night Football. I don't know. It's uh, definitely it's a perplexing matchup because you never know which Cowboys team is going to show up. I think it's a stay away. The Cowboys aren't that great. Um, you know, I don't think that's news to anybody. You know, Cooper Rush went 4-0 this year when Dak Prescott was out. That means that Dak went 8-5. and I mean, that's pretty underwhelming for one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league, one of the faces of the largest franchise in the NFL. I might have to call him the face of. But Dallas, it can get feisty on defense. They played, they played so well on D early, um, and then they kind of fell off and... They have played at a not quite as a high a level, um, but I do think that they can get there. I think if Mike, Micah Parsons is healthy off the edge, and you know you have pieces at, at linebacker in the secondary, that Dallas should take care of business. They should win that game. Two and a half points on the road that puts it at you know four and a half five on a natural line on a neutral field or maybe even at home. I don't like the Cowboys by five, um, and I'll just say it like that. I think it's a stay away. If you had to bet it, you know maybe put. One of those teams in a, in a in a tease with you know maybe you put uh, Tampa Bay plus seven and a half with New York Giants plus seven and a half and you kind of have a little fun underdog teaser there that'll put you right around you know plus one fifty or so and and you have something to kind of root for against some of these teams that you know haven't haven't held their ground even though the record says they 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 have. I think that when the playoffs roll around, it's a great time to find yourself some parlay action. So here's the first bet I'm going to make. I'm going to go bet the San Francisco 49ers by a field goal, the Buffalo Bills by a field goal, and the Cincinnati Bengals by a field goal. Pair all three together. There's a two-and-a-half-point three-way parlay. I'll check out what the money line parlay is for those three teams, but I think I'll maybe I think all three of those teams are going to win decisively. So I'll just probably try to tease it down to about two-and-a-half and see if I can get all the way around with all three of them. What do you think? Yeah, I love that. Um, these lines, you know, the Niners and the Bills, those lines are going to start creeping. So I told you earlier this week, Coulter, that if you like something, I would go get it because I really could see these lines closing. Someone like the Bills at like 12 and a half because so many people are taking Bills, 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 Bills. That creeps the lineup. You got to have some cojones to go take the Dolphins uh, with a rookie quarterback. Uh, Skylar Thompson, I believe is his name. I don't even know a ton about Skylar Thompson. I know I have a lot about a lot of stuff in the NFL, Coulter. Um what pushes those bets up, ladies and gentlemen, is people pouring money into that line. If people keep taking the bills at 9.5 and, and then at 10.5 and 11.5, and that line will continue to creep and become inflated. So if you like something, especially if you want to tease it down to below a field goal or right at one, it's got to be probably sooner than later just for insurance policies because that line could creep up to where you can only tease it down to 4.5 or 5. And you know those are, those are different bets than under a field goal. The other one I'm looking at is the Chargers-Jaguars because the Jags have been hot, but the Chargers are very good, when, especially when they're at their best. And if that's just even odds, if you just are getting 2-1, to one, I think you can make a pretty sizable, whatever your bankroll is, whatever your units are, I mean, you could basically just 
double your money just to pick the Chargers and straight up go into Jacksonville, get a win on the road. I think that's what I'm going to probably be watching and, and maybe bet several times throughout the week, especially if that line keeps waffling. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I love the Chargers. Like I said, I I do not think the Jags can make the AFC Championship. I don't think the Jags can win the Super Bowl this year. I think the Chargers could do both of those things. I'm not saying they will. I'm not betting them that they will. Um, they have plenty of, of hurdles in that AFC that they're going to have to overcome. Justin Herbert, though, on any given Sunday, is the best quarterback in the NFL. And I, I, I at some point, I don't think that that's really a, like a conversation. Here's a great stat for you. Anybody that watched the FBS National Championship game, we're recording this here on a Tuesday. Uh, anybody that watched it last night on Monday... Stetson Bennett four is older than Justin Herbert. How about that? Yeah, man. Uh, you know Herbert has a lot of growth potential, and you know if he gets the right head coach, which I'm not saying Brandon Staley is not that guy. Uh, you never know what that looks like. So we we talked about uh, some of those Saturday bets, Colters. I like getting the Niners any way you want to get them, and pairing them with the money line for the Chargers, and let that Sunday sun, Saturday mon, mon, money roll into Sunday. Get yourself a nice little sixty dollar win, a hundred dollar win. Put down ten fifteen bucks again. Count your units. See what you want to put down. If you want to put down a couple hundred, hey, man, I'm right there with you. But overall, put down some Saturday money. Feel good about it. Hit the machine on Sunday with some with some winnings and go, you know, sprinkle some stuff on those three games. I wanted to bring this to attention right now because the, the Niners are currently minus 500 on the money line and nine and a half point favorites. To get them below a field goal, three point, minus three and a half with the hook, minus 250 odds. Minus two and a half, minus 400. So that hook is huge here. So again, that minus two and a half might go away because the line creeps up a point. If it gets up to 10 and a half, that two and a half goes away. Then your minus three and a half with the hook becomes minus 400 odds, which is not that positive. So again, if you like something, go find it right now. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It's all football all the time, presented by Sports Bet Montana. Brooks Nuanas joins us weekly here on your Thursday to go over all the NFL betting lines and give you some NFL analysis all the way around. Uh, to, so, so to sum this up, Brooks, last thing for you here, uh, we think that the, the seeds will likely hold. The only ones that maybe are in peril of not holding are uh, those fourth-seeded division champs, the Jaguars and the Bucks, and then potentially uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, do I have this correct? Any, anything else you want to add? I love the Niners, the Bills, and the, and the Bengals, and if you wanted to put those together, I think you can get some, some pretty good odds on that. Um, I think those teams are the three best teams in the league, besides the obvious one seeds that got by. Um, the only thing that I have to add is I think the Bengals are as hot as anyone in the league. The style of football that they play in the AFC North, it's different. It is different. It, I don't care what anyone says about any of the divisions that go up and down. I might even call this year with the Browns being bad and the Steelers struggling early, the Ravens on a tailspin, the Bengals started out 2-2. Two and two. It does not matter what that division looks like, even if it's down. It's the toughest division in football, the outdoor weather, the style, the tradition, and the Bengals are rolling through it. They've won seven straight games. Um, Joe Burrow, again, like Herbert, like Mahomes, like Allen, when he's playing well, is arguably the best quarterback in the league. Just depends on what you fancy. So I love the Bengals. I love them in the next round. I'm going to ride the Bengals for a while. The Bills with the emotional up and downs, who knows where that lies. The Niners with the rookie quarterback, who knows where that lies. And we got the two one seeds. After those two one seeds, I love where the Bengals are sitting. Tease them up, bet them down. That's the other advice we'd give you. And uh, there's definitely some lines you can get up in terms of the totals pretty high and then pair them together, parlay them, and uh, then bet the under. Uh, the unders have been good to us all year long. All football all the time. There'll be significantly less teams left in the NFL playoffs. Next time we're with you, Brooks Duanas. Thanks for being here, man. 
Home dogs, guys. There's never been a single week where a home underdog has not won. Don't forget it. More on Nuanas Now right after this. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Jeff Beck with a little Joss Stone. Yes, please. Welcome back. Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. If you're watching visually, got all this sweet gear. We're in uh, one of my many new Nike Dry Fit polos, courtesy of Graphic Imprints. Thanks for the, to them for getting us all logoed out. All our ESPN and Nuwana's Now stuff on a bunch of stuff for us to wear around the community and on this here fine radio show. If you want to see how Graphic Imprints can help you brand your business, they got apparel, screen printing, embroidery, vinyl, design, promotions, and awards, graphic-imprints.com. Or you can email our guy, your Western Montana sales rep, Nate Dolan, nate at graphicimprints.com. Or you can call him, 406 360 one four Grizz hockey back in the fold next week. We'll have the action on ESPN Radio and on ESPN MT app. And if you want to go watch the action at an establishment, how about Buffalo Wild Wings? They got uh, food and drink specials anytime the Grizz are on. They also have the game on as well. Grizz hockey at Buffalo Wild Wings sounds pretty fun to me. Well, we're into the heart of basketball season, and we have another home weekend here in the Garden City, Weber State. A familiar face, a welcome rival coming to Missoula to play Montana on Thursday evening, and then in Bozeman on Saturday, we're joined by first-year Weber State head coach Eric Duft. Coach, thanks so much for being here, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. First and foremost, just tell us about this new opportunity for you because uh, you know we did our uh, 10 storylines to watch from around the Big Sky Conference coming into this year, and our number one storyline was no longer Randy Ray at Weber Stadium. I mean, he's been <laughs> at, at Weber for so long. Uh, pretty much every year I've covered the Big Sky, I think, coincided with Coach Ray's career there at uh, Weber. So what do you think of this new opportunity and what's it been like so far for you taking over for a guy that uh, has such great, renowned uh, prestige in this conference? Yeah, you know, it's been great so far. It's been, uh, we've, we've got a, a good group of guys to coach, and, and I, I was with Coach Ray for 16 years, so I learned a great deal from him and how to run a program. And, you know, I was fortunate uh, while I was here with him is, is he allowed us as assistants a lot of freedom, gave us a lot of responsibility to, you know, to coach the team and, and uh, to, to, you know, to be a, a voice in practice. And uh, so those things helped prepare me uh, for this opportunity and I've been preparing for it for a long time and uh, just enjoying the, the experience so far. Well, you obviously learned a lot, I'm sure, coaching under Randy. But also, I mean, I think, as you probably already know, it's so important to, to sort of be your own man, your own coach, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So how do you sort of balance those two things, implementing some stuff that maybe you really like and you want to keep the same at Weber, but also putting your own spin on it, putting your own identity on it? Yeah, you know, I think uh, Coach would want me to, he, he wanted me to, to take over the program and, and have my own way of doing things. And, and obviously, we, we have some foundational principles from when he was here that, that, that 
we uh, are committed to. And But when he took over as a head coach, he had been with Stu Morrill for a long time. And I think the most important thing when you become a head coach, you got to be yourself. And, you know, he, he did that when he became a head coach, and, and that was his advice to me. And uh, But a lot of the things are the same. You know, I have my own personality, and things a little different at times here or there. But for the most part, our foundational principles have stayed the same. It's amazing. You mentioned Stu Morrill, and we still keep up with Coach Morrill. And uh, it's interesting just to think about that coaching tree, right? I mean, Judd Heathcote yeah. and, uh, and then C- Coach Morrill and so many other great coaches, Mike Montgomery. And Coach Ray is a part of it, and you're a part of it as well. So uh, what do you think of just sort of the, the responsibility, I guess, of, of uh, sort of uh, continuing that on and sort of living up to uh, those guys that uh, helped sort of came before you? Well, you know, the game's changed a lot over the years, obviously, from an X's and O's standpoint and recruiting standpoint. And so the game will keep evolving. And as a coach, you know, you're, you're going you're gonna to have to evolve with the game. And, you know, we obviously play a different brand of basketball than, than you know, that Stu did or Coach Heathcote or, or, or Mike Montgomery. But I think the, the, the principles are always going to stay the same. And uh, you, you don't want to run a, a program that you can be proud of, that you can have quality people in, uh, help develop guys to become you know good good citizens and and good people and take care of the academic side of things and so I think all those things have, have stayed consistent it's just you know the game's changed somewhat you have to keep adapting Eric Duff joining us he is the first year Weber State head coach Wildcats in Montana this weekend playing in Missoula Thursday and uh, in Bozeman on Saturday uh, coach just take us through your team's uh, season so far, I know you had a challenging non-conference, which seems to be sort of commonplace in the Big Sky Conference these days. I know especially, yeah. you know, the premier programs have such a hard time getting home games, and you got to play a lot of tough road games, but you did have the great high watermark with your win in Logan over Utah State, and now uh, here in conference play some success early on as well. So uh, what have you thought of your guys' acclimation? What have you liked about your team's performance so far? Well, we have, a you know, basically a brand-new team, of, and we have eight new players, and a lot of young players in the program, and, and we did have a difficult schedule, 13 uh, non-conference games, uh, and, and we played 10 of those on the road. And so that was a, you know, a challenge to a young team. We played very, very good opponents. Uh, you know, we, we had some injuries early on trying to figure out our, our rotation. I think we've, we've come to a way that this team needs to play. We've, we've kind of found ourselves a little bit. You know, we don't have a lot of margin for error. We have Again, a lot of inexperience, and uh, but uh, you know, guys have done a good job. We we battled through a lot of adversity and and have had some really good wins, and and uh, you know, we know how we have to play, and we can't veer away from that, and and uh, we have to be committed to doing playing winning basketball. But uh, so far, it's been it's been good. You know, we're we're getting some young guys, some some real experience here early in the season, and and uh, you know, I think we we're a team that's kind of kept getting better over the time. Interesting to think about that fold too, right? I mean, eight new guys, that seems to be also commonplace, especially in mid-major men's college basketball. So how do you sort of adjust your mindset when you are trying to build a team, build a program, when there is such this prevalence of a roster overturn? I mean, it seems like it's just the way of the world. Not much we can do about it, no matter what you think of it. So how do you sort of adjust your mindset into to building a team each year? Well, I think we're, you know, we're trying to find that happy medium. Uh, you know, we, we did go to the transfer route the last several years, and then last year it kind of caught up with us where we had seven seniors 
Um, and so we, we, we lost, you know, most of our team. Uh, and I, and so what we tried to do in recruiting is we tried to recruit some high school guys. We've got, a, you know, a couple transfers in here. Uh, we've already got some commitments from some high school players next year. And so, you know, I think we're going to try to try, try to have a mixture, but really be our foundational pieces still being from the high school ranks. And we're just going to have to be patient and, and develop those guys along the way. Eric Deff joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Thursday night, Weber State in town to play Montana. Coach, last question about your team before we talk a little bit about the upcoming matchup. You have, you talk about four-year guys, one of the great players in the league, and I think Dylan Jones is, I mean, I think he's the best player in the league. I voted him as the preseason MVP, and uh, so I have high expectations for him, and he's done nothing but fulfill and even exceed those so far. He's been outstanding. So uh, when you have a piece like that to build around, what do you think of that element? Well, it sure helps, you know, as, as a coach. Dylan does a takes care of a lot of problems. He's, he's just an all-around good player. He's a tremendous defensive rebounder. Uh, like last week, he was number one in the country in de- defensive rebound percentage. Uh, and he's a tremendous passer and, and playmaker for us. Uh, you know, he's really improved his shooting over the years, and he's just a guy that's uh, totally committed to being a good player. You know, he's he watches more film I think than the staff does, and uh, but but he's a guy that you can that, that you know that can always keep you in games and help these young players grow and develop and and uh, you know be a leader. He's really grown up uh, from his freshman year from his leadership standpoint, and uh, so we're fortunate to have him in the program. When it comes to this matchup this weekend, this is always one of the toughest swings in the big sky going through the state of Montana. Uh, but to start with the Grizzlies, I know you guys have had many a battle with Montana over the years. So uh, what do you think of this Grizz team, and what do you think of this matchup on Thursday night? Well, it's always a great game, great atmosphere in there, you know, rivalry game. We've, we've played a lot of games that have been very meaningful over the years and and you know their team is, is similar to the teams that he's had in the past that Travis has had I mean they're they're, they're very skilled they shoot it well uh, they're extremely well coached uh, they don't beat themselves uh, so it's a you know it's a great challenge going in there every year and and uh, you know we'll have to play our best basketball to have some success I know you're not looking ahead to the one in Bozeman but what do you think of just the challenge of this road trip overall and how much does this help prepare you for down the road when you're getting into the heart of the season the stretch run and then into the tournament well we're used to being on the road and we did that in the pre-conference uh, I joke to our radio guy we probably can get through the airport security about as good as anybody in the country right now. <laughs> right but uh, you know I mean both both teams are exceptionally good they're exceptionally well coached good players just you know two quality programs it's just and travels hard and so yeah it's, it's it's a big challenge and uh but you know but it's something that we need to embrace and and uh be ready to go out there and execute well and, and give ourselves a chance down the stretch eric duft we were state head coach he coaches as a head coach for the first time in missoula tonight against montana Tip, 7 p.m. from Dahlberg Arena, Weaver State, Montana. Always one of the best games of the year. Always one we look forward to. Coach, thanks for the time. The first of many, I'm sure. But I know it's a busy time of year, so thanks so much for squeezing us in. And uh, best of luck against Montana. Yeah, thanks for having me, and uh, appreciate it. Should be a fun one. Now at Dahlberg Arena tonight, we'll take a look at all the rest of the games in the Big Skies Men's League to take you home here on your Thursday. That's next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. 
Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. ESPN Radio. R.I.P. Jeff Beck. Dead yesterday at the age of 78. Legendary guitar player. I found myself captivated by his obituary in the New York Times. Hadn't known that much about Jeff Beck. And if you listen along here to Nuanas Now, you know I take great pride in uh, knowing about the, the history of music, especially in, uh, you know, the the second half of the 20th century into the first quarter of the 21st century and uh, hadn't known nearly the influence Jeff Beck had until I read all about it. Hope you're having a great Thursday. Uh, I'm very excited to head on down to Dahlberg Arena right after this radio show gets over. A 7 p.m. tip. Weber State in town to take on Montana. So let's take a look around the Big Sky Conference men's basketball schedule uh, to take you home here on uh, your Thursday Idaho State in Bozeman take on Montana State. Uh, very interesting. Idaho State's three and zero in Big Sky Conference play. Yet the uh, the betting line opened as Montana State thirteen and a half point favorites. Wow, <laughs> no respect for Idaho State at all, despite their undefeated conference record. I know that their wins are over NAU, Northern Colorado, and uh, Weber State. And the Weber one's a pretty good one. I, I'm still up in the air about what I think of Weber. Weber swept the opening conference weekend. Uh, also against NAU in Northern Colorado, and then lost Idaho State last week. So we'll see. Uh, the line since moved to 10.5, but, you know, I think the Bobcats, the Bobcats have the, the, the best one-two punch in the paint uh, in the league in Jabril Bello, who's the reigning MVP, and great Osibor, who's their reserve center, who plays a ton of minutes and is one of the best low-post low scorers in the big sky. The Cats also have the, the ability to spread it around around those true post guys. And, and when Tyler Patterson shoots it well and Darius Brown's looking for his own shot and uh, Raekwon Battle's doing his thing, the Cats are still the team to beat, in my opinion. In the uh, preseason poll, they were voted as the team to beat, and I still have them as the team to beat in the big sky as well. But we'll see. It'll be a tough test against Idaho State tonight. You heard from Danny Sprinkle on Tuesday, and uh, he said, you know, Idaho State's tough. They like to get India. They, uh, they like to make it ugly, and sometimes that can cause some adversity within the scope of the games. Uh, so we'll see. It's a it's a big test, though. Cats are three and one, and uh, coming off of a road sweep last week at NAU in Northern Colorado. But the one time they've been tested so far was against Eastern Washington, and they lost that game, a, a tight one in Bozeman, seventy sixty seven. So uh, big game at the brick tonight. Weber State here in Missoula. Grizz opened up at four-and-a-half-point favorites, and the line stayed right there. Uh, Weber's younger than they've been pretty much ever. I mean, Weber, sometimes they play a freshman here or there, especially if they're outstanding guys like, you know, Jarek Harding or Damian Lillard, of course. But often, Weber has enough program depth that it's tough to get on the court when you're a freshman. But they got a lot of freshmen in the rotation. They also have one of the best players in the conference, though. I think Dylan Jones, for my money, is a guy that can do the most things well. 
He's the best defensive rebounder, not only in the big sky, but one of the best defensive rebounders in the country. He was one of only seven players last year in college basketball to average double figures in rebounding. Average almost 11 rebounds per game. I mean, he's only about 6'5 and a half, 6'6". Six, six. He's not some crazy dominant guy. He's just got that awesome nose for the ball. I'm not, I'm not saying he's like Kevin Love caliber because Kevin Love's a phenomenal player. I mean, Kevin Love was, you know, a, a UCLA legend in the short time he spent there and then, you know, has been a multiple-time all-star in the NBA. But the way that Kevin Love has this uh, crazy nose for the ball and the ability to just go get it, Dylan Jones is kind of like that. And uh, the Grizz have had a hard time on the glass. So that's going to be a key tonight here in Missoula. they got to figure out a way. If you're going to play a defensive-oriented style, you're going to guard and take teams out of their actions, which Weber runs more actions than anybody in the league. Montana takes Weber out of their actions better than anybody in the league. That's oftentimes why the Grizz have such a definitive upper hand against the Wildcats. We'll see if that's different with Eric Duft uh, at the helm, new Weber State head coach. But uh, if you're going to play a defensive-oriented style and you're going to grind the clock down and play defense for the duration of the shot clock, that's great. The Grizz are good at it. you got to secure the stop. you got to get the rebound. Montana needs to find somebody else that can rebound the basketball besides Josh Bannon. For so long, Travis DeCure had such great rebounding guards and wings. I mean, Michael Guinea has one of the best rebounding guards in, ever in the Bigs guy, for sure. I mean, he's a seven-and-a-half rebound per game guy. I mean, 45-inch vert, that helps. <laughs> but, I mean, Guinea was a great rebounder. Uh, Bobby Moorhead was kind of a, a wing swingman type of guy. Great rebounder. Syed Pridget, I mean, he's like a, he's like a point forward. So, you know, he's a power forward that can play on the ball sometimes. Still, he's a good rebounder. Montana needs to find somebody else that can rebound the basketball alongside Josh Vasquez. Who's, or excuse me, Josh Bannon. Who's that going to be? Is it Lionel Martin? Is it Mac Anderson? Is it Deshaun Thomas? I mean, Deshaun Thomas has been a great addition because of his ability to stretch the floor. He's sort of a stretch big. He, he, he adds that on offense. They're way better on offense because he can spread the floor. He can shoot the three, all that stuff. Is he going to guard anybody on defense? And can he secure the stop? That's going to be... A huge key for Montana's success in men's basketball moving forward. Big game in Sacramento tonight, too, uh, between Sac State and Northern Colorado. It's a big one because Sac State, under first-year head coach David Patrick, is off to a promising start. They're 2-1 and one in conference play. Uh, even though they fell behind big time against Eastern Washington, they came back in that game and only lost by three. And other than that, uh, they got a couple other conference wins. It's a bigger game, though, for Northern Colorado because Northern Colorado was the preseason number two pick in the league. They got Dalen Koontz, one of the leading scorers in the country last year. Dalton Neck is one of the top scorers in the country this year. It hasn't meant anything for Northern Colorado so far. They're 0-4 in league play. They got all sorts of internal tumult going on right now. Uh, I mean, Koontz and, and Neck have been benched at certain points during this year. Northern Colorado is... is Reeling, you can't start 0 and 5. I mean, you can't start 0 and 4, but they already did that. So you got to figure out a way to get some sort of win this week uh, with, uh, you know, on the road at Sacramento and uh, at Portland State. And then that's the last matchup in the men's league NAU at Portland State tonight. Then Saturday's slate includes Idaho and Eastern Washington. Those are standalone games for those two squads this weekend. But then they come to, uh, I guess they host, excuse me, on uh, the Montana schools on Monday. But Idaho plays Eastern Washington Saturday. Then NAU's at Sac State. Weber State's at Montana State and Bozeman. Idaho State comes to Missoula. Northern Colorado plays at Portland State. And then Monday, you got the Cats at Idaho and the Grizz 
at Eastern. So uh, the haphazard, crazy uh, Big Sky Conference schedule continues, um, or I guess begins, because it's it's been pretty standard these first couple weekends now is when it sort of gets uh, crazy. Uh, also just crazy to think that we are uh, rapidly getting closer already to the postseason. I mean, we are four games into league play, uh, but just seven weeks left of conference play. So, uh, I mean, the rivalry game, the Bobcat Grizzly game, is on the horizon already. I mean, it's it's next Saturday. So, just uh, nine days from now. That snuck up on you, didn't it? Uh, that should be a fun one, too, here in, uh, in Missoula. Thanks for hanging out with us here on your Thursday. If you missed anything in the show, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is probably presented by the M Store and the MSU Bookstore. Tomorrow, another fun uh, lineup for you. We'll have Carolyn, the chick who does no sports. Uh, she and I recorded earlier today. Much fun uh, in that segment. We're also going to hear from Sam Bidlack, new Grizz quarterback, transfer from Boise State by way of Oregon State. We'll have a full roundup of all your prep scores, uh, as well as recaps from the action tonight. And then we'll also hear from Ryan Looney. No, no matter what happens in Bozeman, the Bengals will be in Missoula on Saturday. So we'll hear from Coach Looney, recapping last night's action against Montana State. Or I guess tonight's action against Montana State will be last night as of tomorrow. And... Uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have it all for you tomorrow, 4 p.m. We'll see you then. Snow is now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury accidents, things like that? Uh, it's all we practice. Uh, you're not going to get an attorney who's practicing family law or in court defending criminal cases. All we do is personal injury. We're a multi-state firm, but I'm right here in M- Missoula. So we have the backing of a large firm uh, with just years of expertise there, too. Free consultations. You can find out more by calling 406-640-4444 or by visiting online 24-7 MontanaAdvocates.com.